Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the Modern Combat Master Show with Grandmaster Daryl Sargent and myself, Siku Rasita de Jesus. We're on the Doc Radio Network, which is a network of shows that are dedicated to the life and teachings of the late Dr. Moses Powell. Powell, excuse me. Our call-in number here is 646-716-6825. Again, that's 646-716-6825. 6825. So if you have any questions whatsoever for tonight's guest, feel free to call in. Or you can use our chat board, which is located on our live show page on Blog Talk Radio. And we just got that um, going. So you can go ahead and type in your questions there, and we'll try to get those questions during uh, to those questions during the interview. So to get the show rolling, I'd like to bring on our chief host, Grandmaster Daryl Sargent. Grandmaster Daryl, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. Sunny evening in Seattle. How's it going over there in Oklahoma? It's cooled down, so it's not 116 anymore. But you know. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's ridiculous hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of, kind of hot for a while. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited about today's show. It looks like um, the boards are lighting up already and the chat board's lighting up. So I guess without further ado, I'll leave it up to you to uh, introduce tonight's guest. Sounds great. Uh, Tonight we are very honored and privileged to have one of the living legends of the martial arts uh, through the United States here online with us. He is the highest-ranked African-American in the art of Eidol. He is one of the highest-ranked uh, Gojiru practitioners in the United States, having his own system of Gojiru for many years. He is the founder of Gokempo, and he is uh, also a very high rank in, in Kendo and Jodo. So, without further ado, I uh, want to introduce to some and present to others my teacher. Uh, he has been part of my life all my life. He's he's my also my cousin. Uh, Chief Grandmaster Hanchi Rico Guy. Hanchi, how are you, sir? Us. Fine, fine. I feel great. I'm excited. I feel like a whole new man today, man. You made the day so popular today. I feel kind of funny, but it's great to hear from you. <laughs> you know how you know how we are, sir. So yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this is uh, this is nice. I like this. Ask me what you want. Let me know what you like to know, and I'll talk to you guys about it. Talk to me. Very good. Well, first, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show. 
Um, as you know, of course, you're very important in my life. And as far as martial arts uh, go, period, especially on the East Coast, because predominantly that's where you have lived, uh, you're very important there. And I hope that many people will have the opportunity to listen in tonight to get to learn your story. Um, it would be great if more than me know your whole story. So we're going to go through and go back from the beginning of your martial arts all the way up to the present time as to what you're doing today and some of the systems that you uh, have in the U.S. Budokai Khan. So uh, what I would like to start off with is some of the basic questions like, at what age did you begin your training in the martial arts? Well, I started when I was 11 years old with Billy Davis, where I started from. That was the first okay. only teacher I studied with, so that's uh, his only student, really. So, I mean, I was a young boy, but yet, no, I stuck with it. And he was a tough, he was a very, very tough cookie, please believe me. And I was a bad little boy when I got involved in martial arts, but I tell you one thing about it, that he changed my life around, and I used to always, always try to get away from him, hide from him, did everything else from him, but he always catches me and, and give me a little spanking. Not, I don't mean a spanking, but he makes me work out much harder every time I avoid him. But I put the time in, and I did, and, and I feel the fact that, that uh, it gave me a lot of inspiration, taught me how to be a uh, man, taught me how to learn how to have patience and be a good human being. And then and then I moved from that point on into a... Uh, Emotion, like in, like let me put it this way: We did combat judo. That's what we did, and it was very. And we, how we got involved with it? When he had a suit jacket, we had a suit jacket on that I had with a with a with a tie, and we used that as our first to throw, and then we go to Cornwall Center in Staten Island. With, and that's how geese. So I want you to know there was no geese at the time when I started. So, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, like, just to kind of give people an understanding of what Grandmaster Billy or Sensei Billy back then called as combat ju uh, combat judo, what in essence were like, uh, what did you guys do in a normal training session? Well, what we did, we did a lot of, we did, we did rolls, falls, different kinds of hand formulas, palm heels, shoot those, elbows, throws, knees, instep, instep uh, fighting, it was very dirt, very hard because this is how it was supposed to be if you're in the street. And it was really, and everything he did was really down and dirty. With no respect, with no no pulling back or nothing, he did everything the way it was, and I did it. And that's the way it was. And I became like a little terror at that time. So it was hard. He was a very hard teacher. Okay. Okay. So uh, in mud, I, mean, I want to tell you, we did it. We worked out in mud. I'm talking about mud too as well. So, I mean, he he had me doing a lot of things that I don't think nobody would want to do, really. Mm, I, I can I definitely understand, and uh, I, I, I know that you're honored to have trained with him. So why, why um, what were some of the other early arts that you trained in? Like, I know that at a point, uh, Sensei had said, uh, Rico, I want you to go here and train with uh, with, with this person. What other well, that, early arts did you do, and why did he want you to do that? Why why did he do that? Well, he could he well he he had to go back. I guess he went back to the uh, military or went back because he had to leave. So he said, "Listen, I only can teach you uh, where you are. 
you know, five years ago, I fed him, but he said, listen, this is what I can teach you. He said, let me tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go further and go into uh, meet a person I know, the very good friend of mine, and uh, he's a karate man. I want you to go and see this person. And he took me there to this person, and uh, he said, I want you, and he told the teacher, he said, I want you to take care of my student. He's a very good, honorable student, and I would never give nobody but you. So his name was Sensei Conrad, was the teacher, and he was a, well, a well-known champion in the Ishimu system. So, you know, uh, he was a very good fighter, good practitioner, and then he taught me, so I put the time with him. I've been with him about two years, two to three years I studied with him. Okay. Okay. So he was so very now, good, and the Ishimu system was a very hard system, and it's Okinawa formula, but a very hard form, very in-breathing, vertical punches, kicking, and that's what he taught you, and that's what it was. Front kick versus punch was the main thing he taught you was beside the Marshall Gettys, but he made sure that you had power and when you use it. That's good. how I became very good into it. Okay. And okay. That, was, that was the solid, that was the sole school with there. That's the only school. <laughs> well, well, I have, you know, say it like that, but that was the only school I had only been with him. Okay. How, how did you feel the combination of the two things uh, went for you? Well, I'll tell you, it's great. It's great because what he, what Billy taught me and what Conrad gave me, it gave me much more power. I used that. I used those and combined those to make them be really, really strong. And I, and I, as I, as I got better and better and better, then uh, he got involved and he stopped teaching. Okay. So and what he sold the school. That? I was in tears because I got so close to this teacher. He was fantastic. Then Joe Damonte came in and took the school over. That's when I went into Joe Damonte's classes in the Goju system, and I started from a white belt. I was ranking belt in the uh, Conrad, but they sold the school, so I started from a white belt there. And th- at that time, the school kept going further. I put all my time in the school of, of the Monte school, met a lot of people. Then years went by, then Mr. Crypto Baby came into that school, too, as well, and he became uh, uh, a part of that school, and he was a cotton man, great, a great cotton man. The Monty was mostly a fighter. We were fighters mostly in the Goju system, mostly in the uh, dojo. But Crypto Baby was a very good cotton man, taught me all the Japanese cotton uh, in the uh, in the school, so I felt good about it because he gave me a lot of inspiration to learn what kata means to go. I didn't like kata because I think kata was like, don't get me wrong, I thought it was a little sissy at first, but everybody else you all did was fight, 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 fight. And then I got to realize he got me involved in doing kata, and I knew what it really meant. Afterwards, I got to keep on practicing, practicing, practicing. It became a part of me. And ever since then, wherever I went, I, what I did, I made kata number one in my life beside that. Then the Chuck Merriman and uh, and uh, we call Louis Delgado and uh, uh, Bob Timey within within the school there too. They we, we all were debating about the different changes in the katas because they were from three between uh, the Japanese uh, Goju rule, the uh, Urban Goju rule, and little few of us had a different uh, opinion about doing kata. They all had a difference in kata because. Who does it a little differently? Who did that? Who did better? But the way the techniques would probably be used, you know. 
So that's where a lot of controversy was going on at the dojo. But it was a good school, it was a good, damn good school. I may never say it was. It was a damn good school. Chris DeBade was a damn good teacher. But I went on beyond that point because the fact that I had to do what I did, you know. Right, right. So now what do you feel, you know, being through all these years, Hanshi, what do you feel is kind of some of the differences between the early training, like in the early days of the martial arts here in America, or especially like around the East Coast, and, you know, compared to today? What do you find as the biggest, some of the differences in, in regard to the training? Training was hard. Training much, much hard. I don't think the people in the East Coast would go back to the training what we went through. I don't think they can handle it because you had to be very strong. The calisthenics was the main thing about really building your body up because when you fought, you didn't have no armor. There was nothing. And when teacher, when, I, when our teacher taught us about going, when you punch a goal through the person, that's what I was training you to do, to go through the person. And so all I learned to go through the person and kept on working, working over and over and over. Knuckle push-up, everything. We did everything. You name it, we did it. But now, people in the East Coast now will not even train like that because they don't know what it means. Because what is happening now to me, since it got so modern and it got so business-oriented, everybody want to make money, they weakened it. They made it weak. They made karate weak, but karate is still a strong motion. If those continue on training, and besides that, everybody would let's get a lawsuit and so on. So I thought the waivers would actually tell the person, hey, listen, your body belongs to me. When you come to my dojo, your body belongs to me and your body and your spirit. You put to give me that time and loyalty and honesty. And this is what it's supposed to be. And young kids need this discipline. I don't know what is going on now, what they're doing to these kids today to teach martial arts, but the way they're learning them now, they want to go to daycare center and learn martial arts, well, I tell you one thing, martial art is dying, and it's, not, it is dying, I don't say for the worst, but it's dying with a discipline and respect that dealing in karate. Karate is still a strong entity. Now, I tell anybody, it's still strong if it is the way it is. Now, I'm not talking about mixed martial arts, don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about karate. Because the way karate pulls it be, that's do its part, that's how it is. But it got so sporty now, not everybody will be in the sports karate now. There it is. Right, right. So now, Hanshi, going back during the time that you were training with with uh, the Basie Sensei and Lamonti Sensei, <clears throat> mm-hmm. there was a time that that uh, I guess uh, Lamonti Sensei and and the Basie Sensei were under uh, Grandmaster Urban. Were you there? Well, at I that don't know time? because there was a difference between the Japanese and the uh, uh, you know Urban because see. Um, the Japanese want to control the goju in their own terms in one, one way. And then with this little controversy dealing with urban, because urban in the goju didn't really have, really had a full knowledge of the, of the uh, uh, cognitive. I mean, I'd say with the full knowledge, but the way it was in the goju was with more fighting than really in kata, really, until the baby really gave an open door about the kata, really. So, I mean, there was a really controversy on that, especially with Chuck Merriman and, you know, and Bob Ty. I mean, they, they, were doing the, they were doing a lot of contests and so on. I think Skipper Mullins, I think, too, as well, was one of the part of us, was well there, too, as well, dealing with the contests and so on, too. So a lot of people had different controversies about the contests, but we kept it alive. Okay. So then there came a time that, 
you you moved away from the Basie Sensei and you moved into Nisei. How did you meet? Not Nisei, Grand University Master of the Time. What, what, say it one more time. Watson would call University of the Street. That's what it was. Okay. So how did you And meet I was the dojo. I was the headquarters there, University of the Street on 7th Street. That was the dojo run by Owen Watson. Owen Watson was the, over, was the, was the uh, top man that kept the school functioning. Me and Louis Delgado were there, kept the school alive. We the one did the teaching and so on. Yeah, then you know that's how that's how I got there. Cause what I what I what I what I see with Owen Watson when he did, he tried to bring a lot of people together in the in the uh, dojo. You know what I mean? Especially with Louis Delgado and me, we did all the teaching there. We we made the did the fighting, we did the contests and so on. We made it be what it is. Then afterwards, um, it changed. It it changed a great deal. It got softer. Then other people came in, changed the rules. Because Owen Watson to do Chinese forms as well. Okay. Well, then how, how did it change? Did it go from that uh, conglomerate of the University of the Streets into Nisei Goju? Yes, it did. That's how it went. Okay. And so then uh, how did you meet, like, the how, how did this, the Nisei system start and... Uh, okay. How did you then get involved in Nisei? Well, I got involved in Nisei because of the fact that I was the was the um, you know I, I was you know I, I was in the, in the school where I was at I was like the teacher you know what I'm saying to you, and I did me and um, Louis Delgado we taught uh, the classes and then um, we needed somebody in a higher ranking to come into the school. And so we got Frank Ruiz to give the school a name, and Frank Ruiz was a fourth don at the time when he came in. So we let we gave Frank Ruiz the uh, organization and uh, the name of the uh, came, I mean, came to the school and made the school what it is because he came from Sarika Avenue, Nisei Judo School in the Bronx. That's where Frank Ruiz came from, and he had Earl Monroe, a few others involved uh, in his dojo up there. But that was a judo school. Earl Monroe was doing judo besides doing karate. So he brought he he brought them down into our school. So, you know that's why we called it that was the Goju Fighting School then, but not Kata, but it was really a, a fighting school. Me and Louis Delgado were the ones who did the fighting and did the katas. Nobody else. We did all the katas. We're the only ones. But everybody came there and learned katas from us. So we knew all the katas. Nobody knew no katas. So who were some of the early people in the Nisei Goju system, like the people that made the foundation of Nisei? Because Nisei was very popular back then as one yes. of the better fighting fighting systems. You know, Louis Delgado, uh, uh, Takanashi, Van Cleef, Chuck Zulu, Van Hamilton, uh, uh, Joe Pisaki, uh, Cliff Williams, uh, many others go on, you know. Harry Rosenstein can be a part of it as well, too, you know. Tony Zuzio, you know. Tom LaPuppet came there and put time in. These are all the people I can tell you. Skipper Ingram, uh, part of the school, too. Malachi Lee was part of the, can't join us. Aaron Banks was a part of our school, was part of us as well. There's a lot of them. Rodan as well was a little baby at the time, too, when he's coming in and when we coming up in the school, too. So he was like the baby in a sense, too. 
Frank right. Fair and all that. Frank Fair as well, one of the beautiful people came in. And uh, Magna, uh, um, Maynard Minor came there too. Okay. okay. You know, a lot of people came there and came in our school and, and, and put time in with it, worked out with it and everything else. This is how the school grew. Okay, people knew the school was a fighting school with, no, with, no, with nobody faked there. You had to fight there if you want to survive there because their school was like going into a war zone. I'm telling you, people people had to fight to come. You had to come to Nisei, you had to fight. And you didn't fight, you was in trouble. Please believe me. And I say this sincerely. You had to fight. It wasn't about no pulling no punches, whatever. <laughs> you got to fight. And that's how we became very, that's how we became who we are. And many times we go to tournaments, we go to tournaments and people would tell us, do not come in right now. Let everybody come in for don't let before don't let anybody, anybody see anybody with a Nisei patch, they will not come in the tournaments. They will not come. They know they know what we do. That's how that's how heavy it was. So wow. no, we had no protection. I'm gonna tell you we didn't have no protectors. No protection, right. no armor, nothing like that. They had ambulance out in the front out there. Three or four ambulance outside waiting, man. See carry people out there. That's how it was. <laughs> true, true. Where were some of the more popular places that tournaments were held back then? All over, you know, Manhattan Center, uh, uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, uh, oh man, it, different places. You know, I mean, I I I, I can't remember offhand really was, but you know, even where the even the Taekwondo had their had their uh, tournament and so on, and even they stripped us from our techniques because they they know they couldn't handle us and so on. So, you know, we were stripped from a lot of things to use that all our techniques we had from our dojo when we got up and more and more into going to tournaments and getting recognized and so on. We were so bad they told us they asked us most of the higher ranking belts to retire early because they didn't want to deal with us. Now, did you oh. yourself compete at a lot of the tournaments? Oh, yeah. I hit you in the chest and pull your patch off. But I got disqualified. That's how bad I was. <laughs> I didn't give a shit. I went there to fight. I didn't go there really to try to win. Okay. I went because Sensei said, go there to show your technique what you learned. I thought I took it in, I took it in granted to go there to do our techniques that we're supposed to, like karate, what karate consists of. That's how we went there. We didn't go there, look pretty, go all the jumping in the air shit. You jump in the air, you come down, you you won't get up. That's how it was. Yes, sir. That's that's right. Wow, that's awesome. Speaking you know, of so we which, put a lot of time in. You know, we put a lot of time in and making karate what it was. Everybody coming out now, uh, all these different styles are coming out now, but that time we was out there, nobody wasn't coming out. Nobody wasn't there to fight because nobody wasn't ready to fight us where we, was, where we come from. I don't care where it was, we go to your dojo. If you need us, we go to your dojo and fight you. It wouldn't make no difference. But now they give a lawsuit or they're suing us or whatever. We go to your dojo and put a yoke on you right now. So that's how it was, man. It was, a hard, it was very hard. I want to be honest with you. Right. Yeah, things have right. changed so much just in the last 10 years with, with tournaments, haven't they? Everything's gotten, um, um, for lack of a better term, I think everything's gotten soft because... Hollywood, Cinderella crap, that's what it was. Yes, yes, sir. Oh, it got to be in a sense. Yeah. You know, that's why mixed martial arts came out so fast and tried to uh, fast and make money on it and make it like it's really what it is. But, you know, mm-hmm. if we would have kept where we have did and everything else, you bring mixed martial art there, I tell you, you hit him, hit him one time where we punch, you would not get up. That's it. That's right. I mean, you know, you don't grab um, nobody. Yeah. Whatever It was really with whatever worked to work. 
And we did it. Avin Banks even showed that and having mixed martial a long time ago. He had many things out in the air, Avin Banks did. He brought everything, uh, kung fu, karate, boxing, everything else. Karate still stays strong. Mm-hmm. You understand? Okay. Now, everybody don't really have that same zip power like they used to have where the teachers made them be what they are. Now they can't do it no more because the way they, the laws have changed the karate. Yes, that's true. And that's it how it is. Like, so now um, you look at it like, you know, you look at it like, what's old people now? I don't say, oh, I mean, old martial artists, oh, you guys are old, you can't do this and so on, this and this and that. We are not there now to try to go to jail. You know, we use this martial art where we taught and what we learned. They'll lock us up and put us away in jail. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've got to be humble and teach students to become good practitioners in martial art, know what it means, be respectful, and so on. That's what we do. That's our job. It is what we do. We need teachers to teach more, keep karate alive. It's got to be because this is what keeps these young kids together, get them off the streets, keep them on, be somebody, learn to be a leader, and so on. We need this. We need karate. All this, everybody else want to bring, uh, they all want to knock karate like it's nothing. And then, and I'm not knocking the, the, the Tunsu Do, the, the Mudokon. They were good styles of martial art, too, but they did real karate as well. That's why we had to deal with them, too, was great. But now mm-hmm. they're dancing now like Cinderella dancing. Now everybody in the pop in the air and all this, uh, 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 breaking toothpicks instead of breaking real wood and so on like it's supposed to be. And, and it ain't the same anymore. We knew what it meant. Oh, I agree. I I, I came up in Botokukan Karate when uh, protective equipment wasn't heard of. And, sure. <laughs> you know, like, what's that? You know, I mean, if anything, if we did have anything, it was just, you know, tape around our toes so our mm. toenails would fall off, and that was it. And, okay, that's um, yeah, and it Yeah, it's, it's changed so much. Um, um, Grandmaster Dell, it appears that our studio board is blowing up. We've got so okay. many callers uh, for um, so that want to talk to Hanshi uh, guys. Okay. So, um, Hanshi, would you be willing to to take a uh, phone call? Why from, not? Um, yeah. Okay. Great. Mine, I've got listen, Mr. I don't mind. Great. Okay. Awesome. I've got Mr. Alan Goldberg from Action Martial Arts Magazine. Mr. Goldberg, okay. you're on Modern Combat Masters. Go ahead. Hey, Rico. How are you, buddy? How are you, Alan? Good to hear from you. Good. I'm. I'm, I'm very honored to be with you, and I'm so glad you're on the mainstream online. It's really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And, and tell them the way it really was back then. Huh? <laughs> not too many people know about that. No, because they're not ready. They weren't ready. And, they, that's a, you know, and we, we say that we say to a lot of these uh, tournament directors and so on, they are watering it down so bad that they're all about money, making money, and everybody playing tic-tac-toe in karate, and everybody making look and laughing at us and so on. When people, when the Japanese and the Koreans come from Japan, they all came there with their ranking high and heavy and everything else. Then we turn around and understand the full bulldog, what it consists of fighting and so on. Now everybody ain't coming with no belt like we did because we know we, we, you, you, you got to show us who we were because we fought. We fought very hard under our sensei to show them that we're real. Now oh, yeah. these sensei that are coming now, they don't have the same spirit we have. No, not at all. Not at all. I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, Rick, I, just, I didn't want to spend too much time on the phone because a lot of other calls coming in. I just want to you know, congratulate you being on the show with... Uh, Thank you. Mr. Darrell, and, uh, you know, you guys do, do what you got to do, and I'm glad to see you on the mainstream. 
Well, I'm proud of you that you still keep martial alive because you're the main man to keep it functioning. Without you, martial arts still would not exist. So it was very good, and you're doing a damn good job doing it. I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank I'm you. Thank you. Coming hey, from you, I appreciate Al- that. I really do. Allen, <laughs> uh, I want to try to get in contact with you so that we can uh, get an interview uh, with you as well so people can learn about some of the Wing Chun system and then also learn about the action martial arts. Not a problem. Well, tonight's Rico time, so I don't want to spend any more time on the line. I appreciate it, and we'll speak to you all soon, okay? Okay, I'll touch base with you. All right, God bless. Thank you. We have another caller now. This is Bert. Um, Bert, you are on Modern Combat Masters. Go ahead, Bert. How you doing, Hanji? Uh, Bert, son, how are you, sir? How's my boy? Good to hear from you. Okay, I'm just calling and saying I'm happy to hear you on, you know, on, on the radio, telling the truth the way it is, because we've got a lot of memories. Hey, I want to, you know, thank you and your family for being my family all these years. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, I ain't going to hold you up because I know you got more callers, but I want you to know I was here backing you and supporting you. Anyway, this is Burke Birdie, one of our family martial artists, which I am proud of knowing that he hears us, that we know what we do, and he know how we work out, man. This man know that we train. He know the training. That's why he's where he's at, too, as well. And uh, let me just add one thing about what you said about everybody want to sue, every, sue everyone. Oh, the worst yes. We in law enforcement. We have to watch everything we do. <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> oh no! Oh, you do! Oh my God! I didn't know you got your hands tied. I thought you got freedom, man. But Hanji, it's great hearing you on the radio. Keep up the great work, and I'll be back to Dojo to see you soon. Thank you. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. Oops. Oops. Uh, all right. We also have uh, Franklin. Franklin's on the line. Go ahead, Franklin. You're on Modern Combat Masters. Hush, good evening. Frankside, what's up? Good to hear from you. <laughs> ah, glad to hear you. Glad to hear you on the on the video. Uh telling us uh, you know, youngsters how it was, what it really was to be a oh. martial artist. <laughs> I, I want you to continue telling and uh you know, specifically mentioned uh, you know, the names that were out there as I w- was growing up with my teacher Fred Miller. Uh, yeah, so that, so that you know, you throw some names, you know, Fred Miller. Uh, Fred Miller, my uh, boy, he was my, with one of my students Bennett, too. Fred Miller, I know, worked with him. I taught him a lot too in the Goju system. He was my yes, boy, and yes, he really put. Yes. He, he did a lot. He put a, he put his time out there, man. He made martial art what it is, with his long legs, his long hands, boy. He was great. And I had to <laughs> judge him all the time. See how that damn with a practitioner. He was great. He worked hard. I'm really proud to be with a have a student like him to be a part of me as well. Yes, uh, that's why I, I wanted you, you know, to, because like you said, the youngsters now are very detached from you know the traditional, uh, and, and I mean you know just the 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 people that started and that that set the the seed, you know, for martial arts in the East Coast. You know, you. Uh, Fred Hamilton, you know, uh, Abdul Kabir, Sheldon Wilkins, Fred Miller, Errol hey. Bennett, uh, you know. Oh, Bennett, that's Banks. my boy too, bro. We worked together. That's right. Yes, and, you know, you were out there. So just keep telling us and keep reminding us how hard it was you know, to, to, for, for, 
to achieve, you know, uh, to really bring out the spirit of the martial arts, you know, and really what what it's all about. Oh, yes, I did. Earl Monroe, too, as well, did a part out there with Earl Monroe. He worked out there. Van Cleef, he came out there, did his part. Chuck Zulu, he did his part. I mean, listen, we had an army of very good practitioners out there, without there to fight and did their job and did it damn good. But one thing about it, the fact of that, a lot of people didn't want to come out to woodwork and knowing that we was out there. And we were, ready, we were ready for anybody to come out there. And we gave the open door for everybody to come out there. I, I, I got to say one thing, too. Kim Ala was one of our boys, too, as well. The KA people family, too, as well, yes. too, was part of our, too, was, uh, was with us, too. I mean, listen, you can't feel no more than that. We have a lot of good people out there with us. Yes, and, and please elaborate a little further into the importance of kata because the, the youngsters now, they really, really uh, have bitten into this. Kata has no place in karate, and, you know, there is no fighting in kata. Oh, no, kata is great. Well, the bunkai, I mean, you know, listen, the bunkai is there, but I, I tell people I don't have to express the bunkai to the world, but the bunkai should be expressed only in the dojo, dealing on your way of fighting to bring that fighting spirit out the way it's supposed to be. And the one thing about the bunkai, what it is, it's a danger zone. People don't know it. Because once you apply the bunkai where it was, it'll kill you. But we cannot yes. do it because we do it, then we want to make animals in the street. They're saying, karate for animals, and you're making bad people. No, we have to do it. We show them and tell them to be respectful for it, with it, know how to use it, but but don't go out there and put it in the street. That's all. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's, why, that's why Bunkai is for high-ranking students. We're not more for the, the low-ranking. That's why well, Kata have its place. It is beautiful. Kept me alive, uh, I tell you that. <laughs> oh, most certainly. And I looked there from you and just put it out there. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to let somebody else get on the line because, you know, we go a long way and we'll be in touch again because I want to do your interview for MarshallForce.com as well. So we'll be in touch. <laughs> okay, good enough, good enough. Good. Have a good night. Yes, sir, my brother. Let's Thank you for calling, uh, Franklin. We appreciate your call. Um, we have another caller on the line. We have Mr. Furkan Shabazz on the line that wants to talk to Hanchi Rico. Chief Grandmaster. I don't know if you remember me, but uh, when I was much younger, I used to catch the train from Brooklyn to the 14th Street just to talk yes, to Yes, Shabazz, yes, I remember, yes. Yeah, and I, and I just want the world to know this brother is a living legend. I mean, if you don't know who he mm-hmm. is, man, he, he's up there with the greats. I mean, I've had a chance to meet I mean, his his body is like steel. I mean, you know, <laughs> Chief Revester is like the Mike Tyson of martial arts, literally. I mean, if if he hits you, he probably could kill you. And and this is not, and this is, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to give the world what I saw. What I, because when you go in this dojo, you got the mirrors, you got all the pictures going up on the wall. He had the weight set in the back. Very powerful man. I mean, physically. You know, Shabazz, I'll say something. You know, something, things change. Things change now. You know what I mean? You know, uh, the way it was is not the same that people don't want to train the way we did it. I trained, but a lot of people only know me as the black samurai. They don't know me as a karate car. They don't know I'm a karate man either. Many people say, oh, that. The black samurai, you don't know about no karate, whatever. You know what I'm saying to you? And I see a lot of people say, listen, I'm a karate man too as well. 
And I tell him, listen, if you do crack the way we do it, man, you'll be fantastic, Shabbat. They didn't want to do it. They don't want to do it. They come here now, Shabbat, I put them to it. They don't want to do it. Well, well, they don't well, want to work with me, Shabbat. This, I've been scared. I, I get I'll, down I'll the phone, work out with them. I ask them, come, let's work with me. Well, if you're in New York City, uh, uh, Hanchi Guy is a living legend. He's the he's the truth. Hanchi, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I just had two questions. All right, man, don't take up my time. I got plenty of time for you. I'm here. I'm on the phone. I can talk to anybody. All right, the first question I had was, I want the world to know about his system. He's the so-called Go Kempo, a devastating system. Can you please tell the world what is Go Kempo? Okay, Go Kempo Jitsu is a boxing, rapping, joint manipulation. It's a formula taken from the Shirinji Kempo Organization, which I study, Sean G. Kemper, which is a cult, really, but I, um, with like a religious cult, like, you know, but I, I uh, studied it and then I left it because they didn't want me to teach the Sean G. Kemper in New York City. They want to control the Japanese associate, what they wanted to control it, so I stopped teaching from my dojo. So what I did, I turned around and changed the structure under my expectation under the combat judo. I don't say jiu-jitsu, combat judo concept, but it's called, it looks like a mixed, over like a mixed martial art, but it's a deadly art. It's made to kill, I mean, I don't want to talk to you it's made to kill, but it's made to put a person in trauma, and you can use it, and, and, and not have to go out there trying to be a, uh, a mixed martial art out there in a, in, a, in a ring. No, we don't need that. I'm talking about for self-defense. It does what it's supposed to do. I always tell people, don't use it. If you're going to use it, use it when you have to. Other than that, do not use it because you're going to pay for it later on down the line. And, and Hachi, my last question. Daryl Sergeant knows he trained in Go Kempo Jitsu. Yes, yeah, sir. That, that, and, 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 and Hachi, my last question. When I was a kid, I remember you told me that Dr. Moses Powell called you the uncle of Sanukas. What? How, how yes, did that come yes, about? Yes. That's because of the fact that every we together, we studied, we studied together, we worked together, we did things together, me and Moses and so on, and we did different, different nice formulas some time ago, me and Moses, with three us we did. He'd always ask me a lot of times, where's your knives at, because I'd always carry knives a lot of times and so on. But he'd always ask opinions for me to help in the, in the organization and give my opinion and so on. So we kept a family, because the, the Snooker's Rule is a very good organization with Moses. I was honored well, I want, to be a part of that. Well, I want to want to thank you, Hashi, for taking my questions, and thank you, Chief, for Grandmaster, for allowing me to talk on your show. Okay, thank you. Good. Thank Good. you. Good. Awesome. And for those that don't know, for those that don't know, I want everybody to understand that this network, what you guys are getting out of these shows between my show and Soki Hassan's show, Chief Grandmaster Shem, and and the DMV, is because of Perquan. Berquan has founded the DocRadio.net network. He's founded this. And so it is through him that I am grateful for this medium to assist others, like assist my teacher, Anchi Rico, in getting out the word and getting his story out. So we thank you, Berquan, because if it wasn't for you, this right here, this medium, it it wouldn't be uh, going on for us. Yes, thank you so much for Kwan. Um, looks like the chat board is going pretty big too. Uh, people are listening. People are just logging on. But there's one gentleman. Um, I'm going to see if I can pronounce his name correctly. Cesar Perez. Um, yeah. He, yep. Did I say his name right? I hope so. Yeah, you, you did. Um, you did right. He, he says. Cesar Perez. Oh, 
Yeah, Cesar Perez. He says yes. on the chat board, Us, Hanchi Oops. is one of the greats. <laughs> he says uh, that Hanchi is one of the greats, but also a great mentor, teacher, and friend. A very special person to those to those of us to be honored by his teachings and to be able to call him our Hanchi. And uh, thank you so much, Caesar, for your comment. Your comment is greatly appreciated, and uh, that's another great uh, 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 great input to this very hot show that we have going on. And the the phone lines are still lighting up. Um, I'm so looking for that cigar from you, Caesar. I want you to know that. <laughs> let, <laughs> let me say this listening. before we move on, too. We yeah, move but on. I said, go see that. Why don't you hear it now, baby? <laughs> a lot of the, the people that are calling are not utilizing their titles. Like uh, who, Franklin uh, uh, Puello, uh, I know I pronounced that wrong. He is actually a very high-ranking Goju practitioner himself as well as um, Caesar is a very high-ranking martial art hims- uh, uh, artist himself. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that they're humble enough not to use their titles, but I want to let everybody know that, you know, we respect who they are uh, and, and yeah. we appreciate them uh, taking the time to to assist and support the show and support Hanchi. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So I'm going to give the uh, mic back to you, um, Grandmaster Daryl, and I'm going to see who else is calling. <laughs> okay. What we'll do is we'll, we'll kind of go through um, maybe about four or five different questions, a few different phone calls. Then we're going to give Hanchi a break, let him go, get some water, get him. Uh, yeah, so I talk to him. I'm uh, here right here. I'm here for you, man. Put me, just talk to me. I, I know. I know, I'm but here, I'm going to give you a break because we want to make okay. sure that the, the second hour you're going to be okay. Because there'll be a lot of people that are calling in to talk to you and that want to, you know, want to uh, hear your story. Okay, great. All right, Hachi. Right so on. Let's go, let's go into um, the beginning of the system that you founded with Tony, with Tony Azusio. Uh, oh, what was okay. it called? Green oh, the Combat Con- Judo. I mean, uh, Green Beret Go Judo. Right, right. Tell us a little bit about that. What was unique about that in comparison to when you left uh, Nisei and stuff like that? Well, how how I left Nisei was a uh, wasn't on a good terms in a sense when I left Nisei. But how I met Tony Zuzio, Tony Zuzio was uh, Frank Ruiz's uh, huntsman. Really, he did all the controlling in the Nisei system. I was up in the uh, Skipper Ingram dojo and uh, teaching his school. I was teaching him his school, the Goju system, the katas and so on. And for and Nisei, cause we we had a, like we had different branches in Nisei, but I went up there and teach up there. So uh, they called me down. Frank Lewis called me down to the headquarters uh, one day. Uh, to uh, probably to help or to meet some meet some people, so I came into dojo at uh, at that time uh, to see what's going on. So he asked me to teach the class and do the calisthenics and everything else. I thought, okay, I don't mind. I'd get up and, and help in the class and everything else. So all of a sudden, uh, this uh, big uh, macho man came out of came out of the woodworks, you know. And uh, what a tagging boy, a very, I mean, he was strong, man. I mean, you know, he had to punch and knock you out. I mean, he was very, very strong. I guess, I guess everybody, I didn't know who he was, really. Then what happened was that he came on the floor, they asked me, I want me, want me to fight, 
to fight him. I said, what's going on here? I didn't come here for this here. But uh, Frank Rue would insist for me to fight him, you know, for him to fight me and so on. I told him, I don't really, I don't, it's not necessary. So we turned around, uh, we got into, we bowed in. He came in, tried to punch me and tried to knock me, tried to break my whole jawbone. And I shipped out and moved out the way and hit him. He hit the floor, didn't get up for less than five minutes. He couldn't get him up. Then at that time came about, uh, he turned around and became my student. And then we went together and we uh, left the Nisei organization because of they couldn't control uh, me particularly. I wasn't there to uh, follow their rules because the rule they had, they wasn't honorable and respectful. So I left the organization. So that's why me and Tony Dozy came with me and went to, uh, had a Green Beret Goju rule system in Little Italy. At two, two, at two, I think it was 225 last year. On the second floor, we had our dojo about a year and a half to two. We had a good school. And even then, and I'll tell you what's so good about it, Peter Urban came and blessed my dojo, came there and see me. I didn't, and I, at that time, I didn't know who is, I didn't know Peter Urban at all. I knew who he was. I didn't know who he, what he looked like, whatever. He came into my dojo and everything else. And I asked him, I said to him, I said, who are you, man? Who, what can I do for you? Like that, I said to him. You know, I mean, I wanted to know who, the way he came in, I looked at him and said, what do you want, man? Who are you? Then he said, my name is Peter Urban. I said, oh, Mr. Urban, how are you? And at that time, he and Mr. Urban locked together, became very close together, friends at that time then. We sit down for a while, we talked and everything else and so on. He liked my school. He gave it blessings and everything else. He told me, your school should be is really good. I like it. I like the vibe and everything else. Excellent, excellent. So now, what was uh, what did you guys? How did you guys come up with the name of Green Beret Goju? It's because the fact that uh, Tony 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 was uh, was in the in the in the with the Green Beret in one way too as well. And Tony was telling me, he said, "Listen, let's start do something different with the military since you know we're in the USA and and make something sound more realistically uh, like American." So I said, "Okay, let's do this here. Let's start calling Green Beret Gold Jewish. So that, that sounds great." So we came together. It's such a good idea. That's how we that's how we did it. So now, was that closer in resemblance, I guess, to Japanese Goju, or did you guys yes. develop your it, own? It, yes, it was resembling, but I changed it. I changed structures of it because I don't like the the low arc, the different concept of the uh, Gosai Yamaguchi or Yama. All of them, they want to change. They have these people doing karate, like like uh, you know, uh, you know. I mean, I didn't like the way it was because. Out there, you usually get killed out there, man. And so I changed the structures. So we changed it to make it so I, I would say we go guy cut a gold rule, but I kept it in with Green Beret, and we did it the way we did it. And we kept it, and it became very good. So we had a lot of students. We told a lot of people came there. I was surprised that the school was full, even though it was, right. it was a small dojo, but we had a full dojo. Right, right, right. So, Hanchi, during, uh, I know sometime after that, did you get a chance to train with Yamamoto Sensei? I know one of the the uh, Japanese. Uh, no, Mr. Yamamoto came. didn't want to train with me. Mr. Yamamoto had his own thing going for himself at the time. You know, we was in Japan. We was in Japan, and Mr. Yamamoto had his ego. He had his ego, and you know, and we 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 went to a lot of different changes, but. I didn't want to uh, go upside his head in Japan, whatever, because at the time I was really, I was really, I told you, I didn't give a shit about nobody really where it was. But he went to his little, little, little 
attitude like he think he was bad and everything. I told him we was there. We was in the, in the restaurant. I better jump off the table and jump in his ass. It wasn't for one of the one of the students told me, Rico, no, no, not here, man. We don't want no problem. I left it at that when I was in Japan. We were right in the damn, right in the restaurant, right there, and ready to jump in his case, man. And then we came to be very, when the student told me we cut together, we talked and trying to iron out the, the circumstances. So that's how me and Yamamoto selected as where it's at at that point. Okay. So did you get a chance to study with a Japanese? No, oh, man, I didn't want to study with him. He had nothing I wanted. Not really. In the okay. okay. Really, okay. but he was a good man. Well, he was good. He had, a, he had his attitude, you know. Okay. He was good. So now during the Goju we, time. But seminars, semin- but seminars, you know, seminars uh, was only the thing that uh, what we what we did together with seminars. It was okay. You know what I mean? Okay. It was not okay. bad. Now, dur- during this time, like during the time frame, it was that when you had started going to the Japan Cultural Center to start working with the EI, the EI Idol? Uh, no, 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 no. At that time, for going to when I went to Japan Cultural Center, uh, uh, what am I saying? I'm trying to get his name. The newspaper writer was it McGee. I think it was McGee. Sam McGee was a was the magazine writer. He introduced me to Yesotoro Tony. He came to me and told me that the man in town, a Baron, he teaches Japanese swordsmanship, Yaido. I said what? He said the fact that I think you know uh, uh, he he needs somebody like you to be a part of that organization. So I said sounds good. So he got me to meet him, and I brought Tony Zuzio with me. And we went there and meet him and sit down and talk to everything else and so on. And told me about uh, what he wanted, what his plans were, what we needed for and so on, uh, how we wanted to grow and so on. That's what we did. So I became one of the uh, second in command of the organization and so on. That's how I, that's how I grew uh, in the Japan culture. So I got my ranking through different things, different Japanese that came there who uh, were teaching different arts. Okay, so... Taught the Goju, that time. I taught Goju Ryu and Judo at the, the Tony Dude taught the Judo there, and then I taught the Goju Ryu Karate. Right, right. Now, during that time, there are several schools of Iaido that you are proficient at that, that you know, you do. What are some of the schools of Iaido that you teach? We teach, I teach the Omori, uh, the Yujigin, the Omori, the Hasagawa, the uh, Ishinru, Ishinru, uh, I teach the old, what you call the Musu Shinru, I really, I teach. I teach the Okyu, Okyu no Waza, Toho Nobu, uh, Seiza Nobu, I teach uh, uh, many different, Omori, Okuden, I teach as well. Right, right. Now, many different styles, we teach, you know. Uh, that I teach over 50 katas. You know, it's a lot of work. Right, right. Now, recently, I know that you've kind of uh, done some some adjusting or you've done some developing uh, to make some more standing forms based on Oh, yes, 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 I did. Yes. So share with I did. I did some standing forms. These were the, uh, call a toho, in the center, well, let me let me get my my thing. I tell you what it was. Before I get my my glasses, where are my glasses, that girl? It was it was an, it called the new 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 mu new mu tradition of sword fighting. 
But these are all standing forms I gave. These are all standing forms for people who have problems in their knees and so on who couldn't get down on doing uh, uh, forms down to the floor. So I gave these forms that I made myself for people who can't get down on their knees, for older people who want to learn swordsmanship. Because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people couldn't do it because they had problems or they had knee problems. So I figured this would be good to get them in to learn standing forms. And so I developed these different forms, these different katas. Very good. Now, do you, um, during the time that you trained with, with Otani-sensei, uh, there was a, some pretty, um, I guess I want to say famous people that had trained with you guys. Can you name some of the people that at that time uh, were training with you? Oh, uh, ooh, let me think. Let me think. Ooh, um, like I know Cleo Cleophas was Cleophas. Uh, Cleophas Jacob was one. Uh, Tony, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Tony Zuzio, uh, uh, Harvey Connersberg was one of the ones. Kataoka. Uh, oh, who else? Many others. Have so many names. Don't stress it, Hanchi. I know that there's so many. I mean, people there, was that so many there was so many people. There was we had so many people from all different schools that came there, and a lot of them got their hands to um, lost their fingers and so on. You know, sorry to say that, but a lot of people. Uh, John, we had another, another guy with an actor was John Driver was there too as well. He was one of the one of the actors and so on. He studied he studied Yaido there as well too. Um, let's see, Raymond. Um, see some other names. Wow. Um, Anyway, there's so many names that I that that it's been so long anyway. But anyway, these are some of the people right. I know that studied about, the uh, forms. What about for you? Because you've been teaching EI for so so many years, and of course, even during the time that that when I you know when I come home to visit, there are so many different people that have trained with you. Uh, who are some of the people that trained EI uh, EI though under you? Well, I have Frank Garisi, Jim Berkeley, Jim Berkeley. I have um, um let me see, uh, Zoe. I had a girl, Zoe, one of my girls. She studied with me. I had um, oh boy, there's so many names. I've been so long. <laughs> Bob Smith. Bob Smith is one of my students as well. Anthony Anthony Capello and and um, I'm a Cavallo. I'm sorry, Anthony Cavallo. Don't get me wrong. You see how long that is? I mean, you know, remember names? Yeah, I know. We did some of the people. Dave Scott, I I taught as well too. Beside that, uh, Rick Rick uh, Diaz. Don't mind not Diaz. I mean, Dovalle. I'm sorry, Rick Dovalle. Right. <laughs> He he's on he he one of my black brothers as well with the the Okay. So my names are really. So Hanshi, let's talk a little bit about Sharinji Kempel, and we're gonna get back to some of the phone calls and Kemp? give you a break. Okay. And All right, go ahead. Get you some question. So Hanshi, uh, now of course me being a student of yours in in Go Kempo, um, I'm gonna try to get a little bit technical so people can understand exactly what it is that we do in Go Kempo. So. Hanchi, in the beginning of Gokenpo, some of the formulas that we did, could you explain some of the beginning formulas of the Gokenpo system? 
Well, the, the, the formulas are in the Gold Camera Jitsu is that learning how to block. You can't block, you can't fight. So you've got to learn all different blocking concepts until they become efficient to you. Then you have punching concepts to the blocking concepts until they become efficient to you. Then you have your throwing techniques as well from the blocking technique that you throw. Whatever the person gives you, you take that as part of your self-defense. You take him out any way. He got it. Once he give it to you, you take it and use it any way you want it. Those are his tools, his wrenches, his screwdrivers. He use them to do a job. So you take those and use them because for your advantage because he's going to use them, so you take them. He wants to give them away, take them. Besides the kicking, the knee, the elbows, you do different things we teach you. And it sort of becomes second nature to you. These are all prearranged fighting forms you'll get. These are what you have to do until you become. Then we go together and come hands-on. We do hands-on formula until it becomes second nature. And then we go into a full, go into a full contact until you understand the concept. But we do not try to hurt our students beyond the, beyond the point because they, they won't come back. They will not be able to take the... The, it's the way that the, what I'm saying, they will not be able to come back in the center because the way we use the technique, we hurt them pretty bad. So we tell them not to use these particular techniques until they get to know it very well, and then they can do it without hurting the person. Right, right. So um, I know it's difficult to go back on names, but Go Kempo started back early in, in the 70s, if I remember, right? And then there was a certain time that you really kind of stepped away from teaching it and then came back to teaching it. During yeah, the years, because, I, you know, you, it's got to the point that uh, some of the people got hurt and I just felt like kind of, kind of ease out of it because I don't want to really, uh, I was really, me personally, I was, I was like like a renegade. I was really out there, man. I really had not, not an ego, but like I said, I had to make what I do, it had to be what it is. You know what I mean? I had to do that. It was a lot of work. Dave Rodriguez, uh, David James, you know, these are my people that we knew. They knew that mm-hmm. you had to work. Kenny, Kenny Kendricks and so on, Eddie Mendez and so on. These are the people, some of them, had a, they knew what it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. And the last question before I take, we start. Valent- uh, Philly Valentine, I mean, we were, Philly Valentine was one of the other ones, too. He's still right. here, too, as well. And he's still good. doing Kempo. Good, good, good. good. So now, <laughs> tell me just about the birth, the birth of the U.S. Budokai Khan. How mm. did the birth of the U.S. Budokai Khan come? 1972. This is when we, that's when we started the school. And this school was made here for Yoshitiro Tani, too, as well, part of our school. He went, he went back to Japan. He lost his lease over Japan Culture Center time, too, so he went back to Japan. So we only got the school for him, for him to be a part of it. And then he came back to Japan. He came in and blessed the school. And he said, it's good. And he said, listen, you keep this going. You're going. I'll go and open another school beside that. And I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm still here. Awesome, awesome. All right, Sifu. What, what kind of uh, callers do we have? Well, uh, we've got several listeners that uh, chose to listen. So um, three callers right now that chose to listen, or four, I'm sorry, four callers that uh, are just listening. They don't have any questions. Uh, but Bert and Franklin are still on the line. 
And looks like someone just called in. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and take it and see what happens. <laughs> Let's find okay. out. So area code three five two last four digits seven three four five. You are on Modern Combat Masters. Do you have a question for Hanshi Rico guy? Area code three five two. Last four digits seven three four five. All right. Well, All right, Hachi, well, we're coming up to the hour mark. So what um what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a few minutes of a break. Um, see if you might throw on some music. Um, get a sure. chance to go and grab something to drink, uh, Hanchi. Um, you know, use the restroom, do what you gotta do, and let's say we come back in a couple of minutes and then we'll resume everything. Okay. Good. Let's... Sounds great. Well, All righty. So while we're taking this break, um. I guess our listening audience can uh, go and get a drink of water, too, and here's some great African music for everybody. Alrighty, listeners, you're back with Modern Combat Masters. We just got done with a little break, 
And our special guest tonight is Hanshi Rico Guy. Um, and our call-in number here is area code 646-716-6825. That's 646-716-6825. So if you have any questions, please call in, and we'll get you in the queue to talk with Hanshi Guy. And our chat board is also up. So you can write in with any questions you might have. So Grandmaster Daryl, if you're ready to go, I'm ready to go too, and I'm sure Hanshi is too. Very good. All right, Hanshi, let's let's delve into some of the goju. Okay. Okay, Hanshi. So of course, me training with you for many years in goju, we you you have a very particular em, uh, different emphasis or a unique emphasis. On the soft style, it is one of the most unique uh, systems of goju that I have seen in studying some different ones. Um, I know, like to tell a story, when I first came to you, I wasn't expecting to work out, and I had just regular clothes on until you made me go out on the floor and had a puddle of sweat and was going yeah, over stuff. Yeah. yeah, I know you do. <laughs> So, Hanshi, your emphasis on soft style, the way that you do it, the way that we do it in our system, how did that come about that way? Well, I got it through Krista uh, Basie. He's the one who gave me the idea about the soft style because that was the hardest thing to learn. But everything I did was in the uh, Goji Ru system was, was the go. Go, go, it was hard. Everything was hard. You know, you know that's, how, that's how it really was. But then that's how I, then that's why the goju uh, that I learned, I learned the soft style from from that. That's how I became very uh, efficient, understand the soft style. And then I, beside that, when I got involved with the Nisei at the time, then when the China, when we had uh, some of the Chinese uh, teachers that came there to our school, they liked the the soft. They liked the the hard style too, but they did mostly soft style. So I gathered, learned some of the Wing Chun, some of the Prayer Mantis formulas there. When I was when they when they came to our school, and I really learned it. I took it as a part of my uh, uh, part of me in the Goju system. Because after then I realized the Goju system had soft style. So I took that soft style and made it be what it is. Round round movements and so on. Round formulas. Circle formulas and so on. I made it be a part of that, that, a part of me. And the breathing, which I, the breathing was very important. That's the main thing about it that made it so dynamic, really. Very good, very good. I can say that. Of course, I've won many, many kata uh, tournaments because of the katas, the way that we that we did them. Um, and so, when you look at your your system of goju. Uh, in comparison to the norm, like the Okinawan goju or the Japanese goju, what do you feel as the founder of your goju system as your the unique entities or the unique qualities to the goju system that you founded? I don't do no low kata. That's the main thing about it. The way they do all low, everything low, and that they feel that going low uh, is practical, but I find that being that low and practical, it puts you like being being a robot, being like a, a, a statue. Really, you can't you can't really get up and move the way you're supposed to. 
They, and I felt that it wasn't what it is. That's why I find that you and your soft style, your hard style, once you learn to use your soft style with your hard style, it's beautiful. It does what it's supposed to do. Once you touch the person in the area with your soft style, you control them all away. You have no problem. Very good, very good. Um, Sifu, we have any calls yet? Yeah, one just came in. We've got Mr. Fred Cooper from New Jersey. Go ahead, Fred. You are on Modern Combat Masters. Hi, hi, uh, Master Guy. Yes, sir, Fred. Hi, uh, it's it's good to it's good to speak to you. I'm, uh, it feels really good to speak to an expert. I'm I'm really I'm really uh, I'm really panicked out here, Master Guy. Uh, <laughs> What's that? You see, uh, I got I got jumped a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay now. They didn't they didn't hurt me, thank God. But uh, but you know, I just I'm just tripping out about it, you know, because I talked to my friends and they told me I should have fought, and you know, I thought I should have fought, but you know, I was just so afraid at the time because you see, the guy the guy had a knife. Mm-hmm. So. So I wonder if I if I were to study with you, if if you could teach me you know, self defense against a, an armed opponent. Of course, that's not that's not difficult at all. But the most important thing I I would want to say that when you learning uh, the disarm a person, whatever, it's nothing wrong wanting to run because like I said, I don't care how good you are, you still can get cut. I don't care how think you an expert, you still can trip and still hurt yourself. So you know, it's it's a really it's a, it's a it's a fifty sixty. I think the forty forty sixty. But once you understand the full essence about how to use uh, the fight uh, against a knife, you can you can you can accomplish a great deal. And I can mm-hmm. show you that. Okay, okay, thank God, because I just gave the guy all my money. Well, well that's a good way. Well, listen, listen, you're still here. That's the most important thing. Mm. You know, that's the most important thing. When I was in yeah. Brazil. Uh, I had uh, had money, had my watch and stuff, and they tried to stop me and try to take my watch and so on. They uh, had they put a knife, they put a knife and tell me give me this and so on. I mean, I'm crazy, so I don't know, I don't know about <laughs> you, but I, I I just turned around and grabbed the, grabbed the knife right ahead and smacked him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you you got you took that forty uh, percent chance. You know, I I you know, I just I just like I said, I'm crazy. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> But like I said, I'm in somebody's land. You come take my money I work hard for, no way out. So okay. I smacked I did it. But what I'm saying is, fact, imagine if I misgrabbed him, I could have got cut myself too as well. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I didn't give a shit because I was very angry the way he did it. Yeah, yeah. I got angry later. I, I got angry later. But right so. then. I reacted right then. That's what I did. Well, then, I mean, a guy with a knife really can really can hurt you, but you got to use your common sense. But thank God you used your common sense and gave him the money, which is nothing wrong with that. I give you a lot of respect for that. Mm, Sometimes it's good to run away, too, as well. So, you know, I mean, I tell anybody, ain't nothing wrong running. You come back <laughs> another day. Right, right, right. Uh, thank you very much, Hanchi. Because I'm going okay, crazy out brother. here. I'm going crazy. My friends, my friends keep making fun of me for not fighting. No, the guy. no, no, no. Listen, let it. When it happens to them, they don't think about it too. They can come back another day and tell the same thing. And you, you're right about that. Give them the money ahead and do it. Because you see, you don't have to be a macho man. You use your common sense, and that's what you did. You're here to talk about it, which is nothing wrong with. I think it's great. I give you a lot of respect for what you did, man. Okay. Thanks a lot, Archie. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, uh, thanks for calling, Fred. And if you hold on for just a second, if you have any uh, more questions for Hanshi, um, I can go ahead and uh, 
um, point you toward um, uh, the address or his website for uh, the Budokaikon. So hold on oh. for just a second there, Fred, okay? Okay, thank you very much. Thanks. Well, that was great advice, Hanshi, that you gave Mr. Cooper. Thank you for that. Okay, okay. I know what it is. I know what it is. When you got a knife in your hand, you have no... I mean, if I have a knife in my hand, I know what I would do. But when somebody got a knife, sometimes you've got to use your common sense. Because some days mm-hmm. you may want to be in the wrong wrong, wrong, wrong place at the wrong time. you got common sense, do the right thing. <laughs> awesome. That's how I look at it. Yes, sir. All righty. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, speak to uh, Mr. Cooper a little bit more and uh, point him toward uh, your your page for the Budokaikon. And back to you, Master Daryl. Okay. Uh, so, Hanshi, uh, let's yes. talk a little bit about um, some more on the Gokenpo, because the Gokenpo is your baby. You you took that from the the element of the Shirinji Kenpo, and, yes. and you added the the combat judo that you got from Sensei Billy. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so when you think about it, what do you feel is your perspective of self-defense? Stemming from what you just shared with him, what is your perspective of self-defense? Touch and go. That sounds you know. <laughs> Touch and go. So explain a little bit about touch and go as far as your perspective. Okay, let's let's look at it this way. If you have if you have a tool and you know the tool very well, and you practice this tool to the point that it does what it's supposed to do, you can do anything you want. I don't care how big the person is, you got the right method of that tool, you can put him in trauma. It's an instinct that you use. And once you've got that instinct and knowing how to use that tool, you have no problem. But you got to be willing to put that tool out there. It may cost you, but you have to do it. Okay, okay. So now, Hanshi, have you ever gone to Japan, which I think you have you had said before in the interview, times. but just for the, listening to, you know, for the listening audience, have you ever okay. been to Japan and what was the Japanese perception of you as a person that's very proficient and high-ranking in EIDL? Well, what it's like being respectful. Very good, very good, sensei, very nice, very good. You know, they give you the respect. It's not the point that i got to crawl over you, but they give you the courtesy and respect. They know you do good swordsmanship. That's the beautiful part they give you, and I really respect that. They gave me that respect. They know that I did. And I, and I feel good about that. And I help out, and I teach uh, what I know there, too, as well. I give back as well when I'm in Japan, too. So have you taught seminars in Japan? Yes, I did a seminar. Yes, I did taught a seminar in Japan. I did it in Yagyu. Hmm. I was okay. in Yagyu. I did a seminar there in Yagyu. I did a seminar there, which is very good. Now, there's a picture out, uh, Hanshi, of you and my phone. Yeah, I, got, I even got pictures on the wall that I can show what I was doing it. <laughs> right. Okay, where, get where up, did sorry. You, where did you meet my funny sensei I saw, the, I saw the picture of you guys together. Oh, I met uh, my funny at the Japan 
at the uh, Japan Japan House. And we had a, we had we had the Japan had a dinner. That's how we met. We became uh, friends, and he was proud of me that I was doing uh, Japanese swordsmanship. And he told me, um, surprising seeing Koko Gaijin doing uh, uh, Japanese swordsmanship. You know, and it was Koko Gaijin means a chocolate uh, foreigner, really. And, you know, and, and he was saying to me that I should keep continuing on and keep it, keep it alive. Uh, Yoshichiro Tani told me the fact that, that you were one of his favorite, and you should continue on keeping it going. And that's what I'm doing. I'm keeping it going. Hmm. So for people, the general people that don't know, what are the art forms that are taught within the U.S. Budokai Khan? In the swordmanship, or oh, everything and, and, we teach. Yeah, what do you everything. mean? Is this in, is in the idol or the formless or actually kendo? I teach the idol. I teach yeah. go kempo jitsu. I teach go judo karate. I do Joe as well too, Very and size as well too. Besides that, and, and within the the concepts of, of the school, you know, I know that you uh, pretty much teach. Close to seven days a week. Is that is that still the case? No more. No, I I have to give the six days a week. I give my time to the wife too, man. You know, I just can't go out there. <laughs> you know, but, but black belt helps too. You know, beside that now, since I got older, some of the, the black belts now are doing some of the work now. So I let them do it. Now, do you have any other schools that are, you know, a- any other schools throughout the United States? Not now. Not now. Okay. Okay. And so, what do you think? Well, what do you see as your vision? Well, I have. Let me. I have, I have a school in Philly with Boston in, in Bermuda. I have a school okay. there in Bermuda. Uh, one in Puerto Rico, and uh, Tony Patista in Jersey. We have a dojo there too, as well. Right. You know, we have these other schools that have been been affiliated with me for a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So what do you see as the vision for the U.S. Budokai Khan in the future? What, what do you what do you want to still accomplish within the U.S. Budokai Khan organization? Well, trying to keep the martial alive and keep the real keep the real spirit alive. That's the main thing I'm trying to do. And because uh, you know, if it goes, it's going to go completely, and I don't want to see it disappear. So I put my contribution in trying to keep martial alive, keep the idol alive, keep kendo alive under my expectation because I think the most important thing is that if I don't keep it alive it's gonna die. There's other people coming in gonna do it, but the fact of that I'm already here already. So I wanna keep it alive. Keep and show other people how I feel about it and, and teach many people who want to learn. But a lot of people don't know what it is. A lot of people got their rank only in martial arts karate, only up in their heads. Instead of instead of coming down learning Kabuto and uh if they don't learn Kabuto, then what is it? What is it? They're just learning karate, that's it? No, they're more into martial arts. And it's a beautiful part about when you learn all of them. It's beautiful. You're free. You have a, you know, your life is different. You have a, you have a, a, a world of new, new, new things. True, very you know, true. I mean, I go out to the world and travel and do seminars, man, and people love it. I saw South Africa. I was in South Africa doing uh, Yaido. 
I was in uh, Brazil doing the idol. I was in uh, uh, London. I was in uh, Italy. I was all over. I did a lot of places. And the people treat me very nice besides. Especially Frankfurt was very nice, too. And how did how were you able to to were they you know what what did they see you on the internet how how did they come to know you and to know who you were within the well my wife the one does all all the all the promotion she does all of that I mean she makes it she makes it possible for it to you know she just she just she the secretary as well to you know that's a secret anyway really you know what I mean mm-hmm. she has secrets in the way she does things so you know I leave it to her. <laughs> I definitely understand. Uh, 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 we have any callers yet, or uh, we still have the the listeners. Um, so the uh, the influx of the calls kind of slowed down a little bit, but the listeners are still listening that are on the phone right now. So we're doing good. Okay. Well, I won't keep you too too much longer, Hanchi. We'll go through a few but, more questions. I want to say one thing. The most important thing. I train all my black belt to become instructors because we need them to teach the art. And I tell you something, the art is dying. Now, if we want to, I tell them, even listeners will understand, if you want to keep mixed martial art in existing, it ain't going to stay long. Right, right. And when it dies out, where you go from here? The most important, I'm only saying the fact that there's nothing wrong with mixed martial arts. I'm not knocking it, whatever. I think it's great, but it doesn't have the true essence what we do in martial arts. The, tra- the you know, traditional is one of the major things in martial arts we try to keep. Even though mixed martial arts may look like they want to do traditional and so on and the courtesy, but it's not enough the way it should be. Attitudes and so on, very disrespectful. The martial art, the young kids, and so on, don't know what it means to be respectful. We're not giving these kids the right direction where it's supposed to be. A lot of these kids from different ghetto neighborhoods and so on don't really understand the real essence of being respect. You know what respect means. And we got to get out there and teach these kids what respect means and what it does. But we need leaders out here today. We need a lot of leaders. If we don't teach these kids the true Buddha and martial art, it's not going to exist. True. You understand what I'm saying to you? I mean, you know, everybody want to get rich, everybody want to make money, but tradition is not there. You know what I'm saying? I want to see it stay that way. I do it. I'm still doing it. So, I mean, I can't stop because I've been trained. I gave my word I'll keep the martial alive. This is what I'm doing. I didn't give up. A lot of people out there gave up. A lot of people got older. The body's falling apart. They're not put the time like they're supposed to. They promised their teachers they keep martial alive. They got they get, they they they're not doing what they're supposed to do for the for the kids. They get lazy. So uh, uh, I know practice is one of the most important thing. Very true. Very true. So Hanshi, do you have any type? And parents of- should coach their kids in martial art too. In the in the, in the martial art, what they should do. Right. They should really, you know, teach their kids to continue keeping martial art alive. Okay. Okay. So, so Hanji, do you have any study aids that are available these days? Any DVDs or anything uh, of what you what you do? Well, I have I have a I have the one called the the called New Moon Traditional 
of sword fighting. These are stand-up forms. These are my new forms, stand-up forms. And that is in DVD form? It's in DVD, yes. in DVD, yes, they are. They are. And how does one? Uh, in fact, we'll we'll get to that at the end and and give you give people all of your contact information. Um, well, it's okay. Do you uh, currently teach, or are you are you available to teach seminars in the various art forms that you that you teach? Of course, of course. Why not? Very good, very good. And so, how does one get in contact with you? Call the area code 212-807-7336. Speak to Penny Johnson. Say it one more time, Hachi, so that everybody can get the number. Area code 212-807-7336. They will speak to Penny Johnson. She's the one that does all that set up, set up all this, the seminars and so on. You get to go through her. And then if somebody wanted to study with you, uh, do you want them to call, or what is the address of the dojo? Okay, it's 110 West 14th Street, New York, New York, second floor. And that's between 6th and 7th Avenue? Yes. All right, very good. Our, area so, code is, our zip code is uh, 10011, our area code, so they know that too. Right, right. Our zip code, either way you want to call that way. Sorry. Do you have any upcoming events coming up? Uh, wait, let me check. Wait, let me check. Let me check. Let me check. Let me check. Um, well, I, I don't know. I, I'd probably be going to Japan. I'm not sure yet. Possibly. I had uh, this guy been talking to Sensei, so I don't know yet. I may be going to Japan. And so I may go out to uh, do a, uh, in December, too, as well. Awesome. Awesome. All right, and then uh, do you have any last and final words for the audience, any advice for them, anything you you feel like you want to get out to share with them that um, will help them along their path and along their journey in the martial arts? Get out, get out there and see the world and travel through seminars. Very good, very good. Well, firstly, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show, take the time to tell your story, take the time to uh, take the phone calls and allow people uh, to give you the accolades that you deserve and to give you the honor that you deserve. You are a living legend within the martial arts, and I'm proud, of course, that have the opportunity to study with you, to study under you, and uh, as well to be family. So, you know, I am grateful that you just took the time out to come and share your knowledge, share your information, and share your wisdom with the audience. All I want to say is this is a fine radio show. I, I, want, to thank, I want to thank you both. Um, no reason to thank us. We thank you. If it wasn't for okay, you, okay, really, today. really nice. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. And, and yeah, I, I, this is the first time in my life I ever did this, did this particular one, but this is really great. Thank well, you guys. It is not a problem. It is not a problem, and we're grateful. Uh, to our listening audience, we hope that you enjoyed the show. We hope that you had the opportunity to learn something. Uh, you know, this network is founded 
uh, on the the realm of 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 respect for Dr. Moses Powell. Um, yes, yes, Doc, my boy. DocRadio.net uh, <laughs> was founded, as I said, by Brother Fraquan, uh, who called in before. And so there are other shows that we have on the network. Uh, we have uh, on Friday night making the connection with Soki Hassan Kalik. We have Great. on Thursday Great. nights, we have a show that's based out of Maryland, Delaware, and Virginia, uh, DMV Sanukas with uh, Sheehan Terrell Richardson and Professor Lusk Penn. Um, and on Tuesdays, we have the uh, the Integrity of Sanukas uh, with Chief Professor Shin. And so I invite all the listening audience to take the opportunity to listen to all of the different shows and to grow in their knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of the martial sciences. Uh, and in the words of Dr. Powell, as I let everyone go, uh, Dr. Powell's uh, words would be uh, eye to eye, heart to heart, to the wall and back. And so in the words uh, of Tagalog, uh, Metaming Salamakpo, um, thank you very much. And to my Japanese practitioners, we just say, us. All right, good night, everybody, and join us next week. We're, we're going to have another great show next week, and uh, just another quick plug for our Modern Combat Masters uh, Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, go ahead and check us out there. You can also find um, our archive shows there as well. So thank you very much, everyone. Have a good evening. Good.